in Seattle. Seattle. You need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to ridingdancedown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 591 now, the Ron and Don Show, and we are right back here in the Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, uh, we've been talking a lot about tipping, why businesses can't, well, they, they can't stop. They're just everywhere I go. They're asking for tips. What's really interesting, though, some new research about how boomers feel about tipping and Generation Z feels about tipping. Also, we want to talk about this. Do some of these things they say on average, uh, if you're under 50 right now, you could live 24 more years by doing these simple eight things. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Elon Musk buys Twitter. Uh, Everyone thinks he's crazy. And now we find out that Twitter is about to be changed to a different platform called X. And some people say that Elon Musk has been trying to create X this whole entire time. In fact, they say a number of years ago, he tried to launch X and it didn't work. So now what he's going to do in buying Twitter is try to mimic some platforms that he sees in other countries, but he doesn't see here in the United States and he wants to become the end-all, be-all, and the one-shop stop for social media, everything from social media to maybe some of your purchases that you'd normally buy online from from, from Amazon, right? This is a fascinating story to, to watch what's going on here. And yeah, as we're speaking, they are removing the 15 years of brand equity that Twitter had with the name Twitter, the like tweet, like everyone is sort of, these words are in the vernacular, the blue bird logo, the check mark, like all that stuff. He's stripping that down and, and rebranding as X. And he's owned X.com for many, many years, going probably 15, 20 years. He's owned that domain name. And some people think he spent around a million dollars back in the day, uh, before he was a billionaire on acquiring X.com. I think one of his children, uh, has, is their name is X or something like, or some, some derivative of X. And so what what is going on there? There's a lot of theories about what's happening here. And the first one that you referenced to is that he's trying to make his own self-contained internet experience. And the closest analog we have to that is a, a Chinese app called WeChat. And I, I've used this app. I went to Shanghai a couple of years ago, uh, actually right before COVID. And you, you had to download WeChat to just function. And so what WeChat was is they combined everything into one platform. And by everything, I mean, you'd go to a restaurant and you get to the, you order your food, you get to the counter to pay and you hold, you take out your phone and you pay with WeChat. If you're then going to get the phone number of someone and say, Hey, let's go out and we're going to, you know, grab a bite to eat. You have a little QR code, you hold it up. They take a picture of your QR code. And now your information in WeChat and the information goes into them. If you want to share a photo, it happens through WeChat. If you're taking the subway, your fare comes out of your finances, which are linked to WeChat. So every, so finances, 
photo sharing, messaging, uh, commerce, uh, the bus schedules, everything, your news feed, social, all of this stuff. News, social media. Social all media yeah. is all combined into this one super app. And so if you're, it's pretty feasible that a, a, an average Chinese person with just a mobile phone never leaves WeChat. So like the, all of their news, all of their interaction with the world and the internet is contained within this one app. And so some people are thinking that this is what Elon's trying to do, that there are filings that uh, Twitter, x.com, have made with the, the SEC and the FEC to try and build a financial component into uh, this platform. And they have talked about the ambition of turning this into the, an everything app. Um, and so I see the ambition of that. It's just, it's curious as to why. And so that's the thing that's more interesting to me. And I recently listened to a, a long podcast about Elon Musk and trying to figure out what is motivating him because you took, let's say you wanted to build this thing from scratch. If this was Elon's ambition, it would cost less than $44 billion to just build an everything app. Like Elon Musk could have gone out with sort of the equity that he had in SpaceX and Tesla and all the other things that he's done, the boring company. And if he said, I'm going to build the everything app, there's no need to buy Twitter. Twitter was unprofitable. Twitter had, had not turned a profit. Their, their stock was about to tank. Like it, there, there was nothing inherently golden about Twitter at that time that he tried to take it private. What happened is Jack Dorsey, the, 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 one of the co-creators said this platform will be better private because we can't turn a profit. So keep it sort of this pure, you know, uh, stadium of ideas or whatever. And so Elon, if this theory is true, it would have been easier to spend several billion dollars I don't think it would have taken 44 billion. Maybe you spend 10 billion. Just say, we're building an everything app. It's called x.com go and, and poach the brightest engineers from all the tech companies. Get someone from finance, someone from messaging, someone from Facebook, someone from Google. Like Elon Musk could have attracted that group of engineers and said, we're building the everything app. So I don't think that's it. I think the real answer is, uh, goes back to the biography of Elon Musk as a kid growing up in a, in a different country where he was bullied and he knew that his brain was different than everybody else. He thought differently and he did not fit in. And he now is the richest man in the world. He wants to prove that he's, he's the man. He wants to take this thing that's a huge mistake and somehow save face and show everybody that he was right and that everyone else was wrong. And so he's double down and tripling down onto a concept that could work and it might have some utility. The, if it emerges from the ashes of Twitter, I find that part really hard to believe because he took a, a, an entity and absolutely has driven it into the ground. Who, who is going to want to come? If you're a talented software engineer, who is lining up to go work at this company that fired everybody and there's $500 million worth of severance packages waiting to be paid. Elon Musk is not paying his leases. Uh, they're, they're not paying their utility bills. 
Um, he just went through with a, a machete and a flamethrower and was taking out people left and right. So the firepower and the intellectual firepower you need to create this everything app spans all of these different industries and who in their right mind is going to want to go work for this guy. So what, what do you think is going on? Uh, what I think is going on is I'm having a coughing attack. I put too much perfume on today, so we'll see you on the other side of this. Investors, listen to me. You know, some investors aren't really investors. They're flippers. They're looking to buy a house and uh, flip it. But did you know that 40% of all Americans that hold a mortgage were refinanced down to a 2.8, 2.9, or 3.0? That's why you don't see any homes on the market right now for investors unless, unless you're willing to get in there and compete and not flip. That means investors, instead of being a flipper, you have to do what I do and become a buy and holder, right? And we can teach you how to buy and hold investors with a Ronadon sit down. Yeah, it all starts really simply with a Ronadon sit down. It's about a 30 to 45 minute Zoom call, free of charge. There's no obligation. We'll see if we make a good team. Email me directly, ron at ronadon.com, or you can go to the website, ronadonsitdown.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, uh, our real estate business relies on referrals. Thanks for referring us as your real estate agents, as your brokers. And don't forget, we're regional. We have the largest social media following of any realtor in Washington State. And uh, we have a tremendous newsletter, so we can work even with and partnering with the MLS. Uh, we have a reach regionally that no other realtor here has, especially when you're listing a property and getting ready to sell. And don't forget, it doesn't matter if you're out on Bainbridge or you're up in Everett or you're down to Olympia or over on the east side. Uh, chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, we can help you. So just reach out. Go to ronanddonsitdown.com. We'll do a 30 to 40-minute conversation virtually, and then we'll come out. We'll see you. We'll sit down. We'll bring you a Ron and Don coffee mug, and uh, we'll sit down together and talk about your 
uh, real estate journey. This is interesting. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about tipping. And I think through the course of COVID, a lot of us started tipping our drivers. Uh, I can remember some of my neighbors going out on their porch because uh, these frontline workers, especially when they're, we, we, we didn't know. Is this going to kill kids? Is this going to kill adults? Is this going to kill you, kill me, kill older people? We just didn't know. The Spanish flu killed a lot of kids, didn't kill a lot of older people. This particular virus killed a lot of older people, didn't kill a lot of kids. But we had these drivers driving around and bringing us things. And as a result of that, a lot of us would leave baskets on our porch full of food and refreshments, wiping all those things down for them. And a lot of times people just straight up would leave money, right? What's interesting now is is you have drivers that are dropping things off and a tip is built into that. And then sometimes you're asked for a tip on top of that tip. Uh, it's very apparent if you get in an Uber right now, you really get hustled for a tip. And to me, and the, the, they, they suggest three different tips. And a lot of times those tips are way, and, and I'm, a, I like to tip and I like to think that I'm a fair tipper. I don't, I wouldn't say big tipper, but a fair tipper and, and tip more than most. I get offended sometimes when I, when I, when I look at the fact that you just drove me down the street and now you're asking for, you know, a $15 tip for just a little ride down the street. I understand a ride to the airport may be different, but after you get done paying over a hundred dollars for a ride now, and then you got a tip on top of that, it's just, it, it, it's mind boggling. So, and, and we see the same thing now, even at a Starbucks, when you go in, what's the first thing they do when you put your card down? Do you want to tip a dollar, $3, $5 or a customized tip? I go to get my hair uh, done. I tip anyway, but immediately, Hey, do you want to tip? It's interesting because they say boomers, for the most part, are very good tippers and feel like they have to tip and it's baked into uh, maybe their generation. Generation Z, on the other hand, uh, doesn't feel like tipping. Generation Z doesn't even feel like tipping when they go to a restaurant and they have sit-down service. And I was thinking about this the other day. We were talking about etiquette and tipping and they say, hey, when you go to Zeke's Pizza and you walk in there, just for a medium-sized Zeke's Pizza, a medium-sized pizza, just a medium, and which is, which is eight small slices, a medium-sized pepperoni pizza and a large salad, and I usually eat the the, the large salad. That is fifty-four dollars. That is Zeke's Pizza. Wow, fifty-four dollars. If you get that delivered, you're up almost eighty dollars. If you're if you're getting that delivered. And then the other thing is when you go into Zeke's, like it's, it's, it's self-serve. You get, they hand you a cup, you go get your drink. They still spin the thing around. And the, the first thing they ask for is a 25% tip. So Ron, what, what, what say you here generationally? Where is this headed? And this article really points out the fact that you don't see this a lot in other parts of the world, but here it's baked into a lot of businesses, business practices where they don't want to charge more and they don't want to pass that along to the customer. So they pass the tipping along to the customer so they don't have to pay their workers more. But in the end, the consumer still has to pay one way or another, right? I found this fascinating with the the younger people. You would think that younger people who typically make less and have friends in the service industry, I would have thought they would adamantly be pro-tipping because all of their friend group is like, oh, my friend is a bartender, my friend was a barista, my friend worked as a, as a waiter, and they rely on these tips. And so if I'm uh, 19 or 20 or 22 years old, I'm going to be very pro-tip, and yet they are not. Uh, so they, they think part of it is, 
is this situation of, hey, I don't have a lot of money. I did just my my teenage years into my 20s was spent in the pandemic. And so therefore, I'm going to emerge now and be more frugal and and strap down or clamp down uh, on my money. And I see a lot of logic in that. Uh, the, the advent of this ubiquitous iPad that gets flipped over and automatically has buttons on it, it is popping up in places that it never used to pop up. Like your, your dry cleaner, let's say. It's like, wait a minute, I'm paying you to be my dry cleaner. Why am I tipping you on top of the fact that you just charged me to clean my shirt? Like, I don't understand what I'm tipping you for. And so I, I am starting to heed our own advice and either do a customized tip that is less that I think is reasonable for that service or, or just say no tip. And look someone in the eye, like, don't be shy about it. Just say no tip. Like, you you literally just did the bare minimum of your job. If someone is standing behind a counter and all that they did is uh, flip the thing over. There's a restaurant that I go to that's kind of sit down. Like, you have to go up to the counter to order. Uh, and then they someone brings your food to you because you have a number placard on the table so it's not a, it's not a waiter situation it's a someone got your yep. food and they brought it over and they pick up your number card um so i'm looking at that and going okay and then you want me to bust my table so i'm right. supposed to i'm supposed to bust my own table some some restaurants put really snarky things on the wall about busting your table and, and leave, if i don't sort it clean the garbage the and yeah. there's yeah. a compost bin and try i'm supposed to read all the you know go okay the fork is compostable but the napkin is trash and i'm this food you know i'm scraping i'm, I'm basically working at this place yeah. at this point and it's like okay i'm rethinking my tipping in that scenario you, you, if I'm going to tip anyone, it's going to be the cook. Yep. Like if I can walk back in the kitchen and go, Hey dude, you just made a really good taco salad here. I want to tip you, but like all these other fools, what did they do? <laughs> like I'm busting the table. I'm getting my own drink out of the, the fountain. Ron's like I, I, I'm, I'm getting my own salsa bar at the salsa bar. It's like, uh, yeah, this is, uh, I'm rethinking things like that where it's like, you know what? I'm not tipping that because you didn't do any effort that was beyond what you should be getting paid for. Yeah. Like there was no additional service, no additional effort. And in fact, you required more effort from me. And then you want to charge me for basically working at your restaurant for 45 minutes. Yeah. We will see you uh, in about 60 seconds. Hey, it's Ron. I'm here with Mitch Weeks from Mitch.Loans. And Mitch, we've seen interest rates rise rapidly here uh, over the past year, 18 months. In the industry, what are you thinking is going to happen going forward? So they're still projecting rates are going to drop here near the end of the summer, definitely within the next year. And that means that now is the time to buy. So interest rates are going to drop. As we've said, we will help with the refinance on the back end. But rates dropping could mean a big influx in demand. Now, right now, there's a lack of supply, a lack of inventory, because people aren't willing to sell and get out of their low rates. If you buy now, you can beat the rush later. Okay, and also, then when the rates do drop, we can replace that rate with the new one. We sure can. Rate and replace. 
All right, he's Mitch at Mitch.loans. You can buy now, replace the rate later when it drops, and Mitch take care of your loan fees. It's Mitch.loans. Hey, guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you need us, we'd love to go on a real estate journey with you. And as I tell everyone, if you're selling in 2024, we need to be talking right now in 2023. That way, we schedule the work. That way, you can relax. That way, we get maximum dollars. And I'm telling you right now, 2024, when it comes to selling, is going to be gangbusters. And right now, we see things really taking off again. As it seems like the United States indicators this morning came out and said, yeah, it doesn't appear like we're heading through a recession uh, anytime soon. So anyway, if you need us, just reach out, reach out, run it on sitdown.com. Uh, I'm doing a lot of reading on longevity, I think, because, you know, I look at some people in my family that didn't have longevity. I have a sister that passed away at 43. My father passed away in his 70s from Parkinson's. Uh, there's other people in my family that are still alive, but, uh, they struggle with specific disorders. And so I wonder sometimes what's coming for me. And I'm at an age right now. In fact, Ron and I were with one of our friends last week who's getting chemo. He's been fighting cancer now for nine, almost 10 years. And I have a number of friends like that. And you know, as you get older into your fifties, you start getting invited, uh, to less baby showers, unless it's your grandbaby, uh, certainly less weddings, and you start getting invited to more funerals. In fact, I had a friend of mine uh, invite me out to lunch the other day, and he's struggling with cancer as well. He's into his 80s, and he said, hey, uh, I'm wondering if you could come and look at the place where my memorial's going to be, and whether it's in eight days, eight years, or 80 years, uh, I would like you to be uh, uh, basically... Uh, to lead the ceremony for my, for my memorial. So we, we went there and we had a chat and it was, it was really lovely. And I thought, wow, this is really kind of you to do this because so many times people are going to exit planet earth and then, and then it's all left on their family to kind of figure it out. So I thought it was really cool, uh, that he's willing to do that. Any, anyway, I'm, I'm really curious about longevity. I think we all are. I don't, how are you? I don't want to live to be old. If I'm in a wheelchair, if I'm in an oxygen tank, if I have uh, dementia, I have no need to be around for you. I like what my Uncle George said, when my teeth are gone, I'm gone. And when he died, he was well into his 90s. He had three teeth left. He was eating soup. And then, uh, but he was still, he was still balancing his check before, checkbook before the day he died. So how do, how do, you, how do you feel about, uh, about long, longevity? Uh, I mean, I don't put specific things on it like that, but it's, it's quality of life. If the quality of life gets down uh, below whatever that threshold is, then yeah, I think your useful life is over. Um, but I, I wouldn't say, I, I think there are people that use a wheelchair that probably have a fantastic quality of life, uh, and other people that, that don't. So I think it's not just one indicator like that, but it's the whole thing. Yeah. So if your quality of life diminishes, uh, where you can't take care of yourself, you're not self-sufficient, like you can't use the restroom or take a shower or those sort of things, then yeah, I think that that's, that's a. Yeah. Well, Harvard just did a study. You can read about this. I, I saw this on CNN.com and they said, here, here's eight things that statistically they studied 720,000 people, mostly veterans. And they said, if you do these things, even if you do one of these eight things, it will have an incredible improvement, not only on the number of years in general that you'll live, but the quality of those years, the quality of your longevity. And some of these things certainly aren't surprises, but Ron, I'm just going to roll through the eight real quick. And uh, let's see where we're at. It says uh, uh, number one, 
Oh, we need to exercise. Exercise, you guys, doesn't mean going to the gym. It doesn't mean having to go to classes. Exercise just means movement and moving somewhere between 120 and 180 minutes a day. I do have to say this. I a see day a day or a week. Or, I'm sorry, a week. I do see a lot of people that are bad-mouthing cardio online right now, and they're talking about, well, all you have to do is some intermittent fasting. You don't have to do cardio. That's all driven by losing weight, which is fine. But I'm also seeing people that are, in fact, one of my friends is on a complete meat diet right now. All he does is he eats meat, and he's well into his 50s. And so he says, I feel better than I ever have, and I lost all this weight. And and I said, well, how do you feel about fruits and vegetables? No longer eats fruits and vegetables. There's a big movement right now to not eat fruits and vegetables. To me, if if you want to lose weight, this this is what happens when you eat all that meat. And you go into ketos and ketosis, and, and, and Ron is very familiar with this, and we can talk about it. You can have a drastic impact, and you can lose some weight and lose some weight pretty quick. The issue, and one of the reasons why people don't like adding the sugar or the fruit or adding the vegetables is because a lot of times you can end up really bloating from that, right? Especially the vegetables. I have a friend that won't eat vegetables, because it bloats them and they don't want, like the, they don't like what they see when they look in the mirror. It's, it's interesting as we get older, I think what we're going to find, cause there is great, there are lots of studies behind fruits and vegetables in the Mediterranean diet. I think if you're going to eat meat and all you're going to eat is meat, I, th- and you're not going to do any kind of cardio, I think you're going to have some real issues down the road, uh, when it comes to inflammation in your body, when it comes to your heart rate. When it comes to heart disease, uh, when it clum- when it comes down to basically your your gutters being clogged, maybe you lost a lot of weight. But guess what? People that smoke they lose a lot of weight too. And now we also see a lot of people that are kind of using this wonder drug uh, that you're going to have to use for the rest of your life. So I know a lot of people are reaching out for that right now. But any- anyway, number one exercise you've been you've been doing some some different types of exercise as of late, right? Yeah, I've just been trying to do. I've, I've taking it hard to do the 10,000 steps a day. That is no joke. Like I think I'm going on to my second week of 10,000 steps a day. I've, I've missed two days. Awesome. But uh, some days I'm getting, you know, 12,000, 13,000 steps. And you really have to pay attention to so get that's that. That's like five or six miles a day. It's five miles a day at least. Yeah. And uh, it's, 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 uh, I'm seeing results, but it, you have to pay attention and, and work it in there for yeah, sure. Good for you. Uh, we just talked about diet, eating a healthy diet. And again, you guys, intermediate fasting, I think, can be beneficial. And I probably intermediate fast maybe four to five times a week. Uh, but I think doing away with fruits and vegetables, everything that I've learned of being a trainer, uh, I think that that's absolutely silly. And there's there's no good metrics out there about what happens to you if all you do is eat meat other than when the cavemen did that, and they usually died when they were 19. Uh, also, reducing stress and sleeping well. I, my watch, I have a watch that tells me how my sleep was last night, and it gives me all the metrics. What I found in looking at the metrics is it makes me even uh, more distressed and anxious about the quality of my sleep that I thought I got last night, that my watch is telling me, you and then you keep reading that if you don't sleep well, it's really going to affect your longevity. Uh, you you don't have a lot of trouble sleeping, do you? I as I've I gotten mean, older, I, I certainly I certainly have had had trouble sleeping. I sleep less soundly now. The older I'm getting, the the less my sleep is great. 
So yeah, it's not it's not as good as I want it to be yeah. for sure. Really important. This is really important. Our human to human connections for men. They say there's an epidemic right now of loneliness in America, and I see that. And sometimes guys bond by playing poker or drinking a beer. But it's really important to have those human human connections. And I know that you work you work a lot on those human human connections in in, in your yeah, own. Yeah, you got to put some effort. Invite someone to do something. Yeah. And then on the flip side of that, don't smoke. Don't drink too much. Deciding to stop drinking by 70 can be important and don't become addicted to opioids, which for a lot of people, man, you break your leg, you have a fall, you go see the doc. The next thing you know, these things have a hold of you and they're so powerful. And then when you can't get those things, well, what hits the same receptor in the brain? Heroin. So now you're buying black tar heroin on the black market and you're like, what the hell happened to me? The opioid crisis is, is, is a, is a, is a real crisis. And, and, and I have some friends that, that suffered for a long time silently until they went and they got some help, but it's very, very difficult. So. I think that the pain management as people's life expectancy has gone up is one of the biggest areas that, that we really need to tackle. And, and I know scientists are working on it, but a huge because yeah, living, living your life in chronic pain is, is not fun. Yeah. Hey you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don show. If you need us, just reach out, Ron and Don sit And again, if you're selling in 2024, let's talk in 2023. We can arrange a sit down right now at Ron and Don Get the newsletter. We don't sell your information. If you want to follow us on social media, he's Ron Upshaw and I am Don O'Neill. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. And don't forget this Friday is a real estate only podcast each and every Friday right here on this channel. It drops as the Ron and Don show, but it'll say on it, real estate only, because we know a lot of you are thinking about buying and selling with us. So let's sit down on a podcast and you can listen to that every single Friday, real estate only. Okay. And in fact, this Friday, we're going to be talking about staging and we have a client right now that says, yeah, we did all this great work. My house looks great. Why am I going to pay for staging on top of paying for all this great work that we've just done? Um, and the statistics don't lie. You guys, we'll talk about it this Friday. So make sure you're listening. And that's episode five ninety three coming up on Friday. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. You'll see the Ron and Don show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Only!